Hi everyone, welcome to Dads of Daughters. I'm your host, Dave Hale, um, and today we're talking about books. Um, we, we spoke a few, a few episodes ago about the, the influence of film, um, and now we've, we're looking at, um, at, at books, and particularly books for, for young kids, sort of three and under, just, just reflecting where my kids are at and, and what experience I can speak to. Um, but I was doing some more research and um, I, I came across this really interesting and, and worrying um, study published in, in American um, science. And it, it found that by the time kids are six years old, girls already think they are less capable than boys. And it's extraordinary and you, you think, how is this possible for kids of that age to already have that attitude? And, and what, what influences have they had to, to reach that conclusion? Um, and, and kids' books are, are a, huge, um, a huge variable and a huge um, learning experience for our kids. And I think more so than, than film and television for young kids, um, you know, particularly if, if they're not getting a lot of screen time, you know, there's, there's hundreds of hours, thousands of hours that we invest in reading different stories to our kids. Um, and it's staggering some of the representations that they, that they include. Um, so, so I'm joined for this chat um, with, with another good friend of mine, Shane, um, Shane Pike. And, um, you know, we, we're going through some good and some bad, but, you know, we're talking about what, what, what equality looks like and what, what the um, representation um, should be and, and what the influences should be for our kids to learn from. Um, and, and some of it is, is really simple stuff, just the, the absence of female characters. Um, some of it's a bit more a bit more pervasive in, in thinking that girls are uh, more delicate or fragile or in need of help than boys. And, and again, as with film, boys, boys are the heroes, boys are the, the strong ones. Um, and there was, a, there was another study, I think by The Guardian, um, that found that you know, twice as many uh, lead characters in books for the for the hundred most popular kids books um, from a couple of years ago, twice as many lead characters were male characters to, to females, and they were typically in in really masculine roles, and where female characters were represented, they were in stereotypically feminine roles, and that's that's not a bad thing in itself that those roles are represented, but. It needs to be part of of a spectrum of representation for boys and for girls. Um, so it's it's a really important issue, um, and it's something that we need to think and talk about more. And um, we go into this a bit um, in in the chat with Shane. But um, if one of the one of the parenting tips a friend of mine gave me in the really early days was um, just think about swapping every um, male character for a female character. Give, give all the males a female name and give all the females a, a male name um, and it's it's, um, it's extraordinary the amount of names that you have to sh- have to swap and it's extraordinary the impact that that has um, on on the story in terms of representation in those traditional roles in some cases extraordinary in some cases it just doesn't even matter these these are objects or animals where their gender plays absolutely no role or has no bearing um, on the story and it's it's just you know, to be honest, it's, it's pretty lazy that so many characters are, are given male pronouns um, or is represented as males just, just for the sake of it. Um, and, 
um, it's it's a really powerful exercise and, and I encourage you all to do it as well um, but look it's it's uh, there's a lot that we that we talk about there's a lot that we we don't talk about as well and there's so many so many books out there that I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on on what what are really powerful representations um, that that um, portray equality in a way that's that's really positive. Um, so so please do leave your comments, um, particularly on the, on the Instagram page. Um, and and I hope you enjoy the chat. I think that that's. I love that. I think that's a great test. Um, the and it sounds like that story well uh the um it's interesting the point sorry i'm going to go down the garden path again here um that you that you made about films which obviously there is a huge issue in a lot of our art forms um with the disparity between the the, uh, representations of men and women um but i was watching uh, a comedy the other day uh with those American, that group of American female comedians um, that did, uh, was the wedding one where she did the poo in the sink? Bridesmaids. Um, Bridesmaids. So that troupe of, of comedians. Yeah. And I was watching this film and I thought, oh, they're not talking very nicely about men. They're, the mm. men are the butterball. I'm like, mm. okay, that's fine. You know, maybe time that we got our own back, but we've been getting our own back for a while now. And I watched a rebel, uh, that Australian comedian um, film where it had one of the Hemsworth brothers as the centre of affection and completely sexualised the male form. And I did have this moment of, yes, uh, men do deserve some kind of retribution for all of these years of of, um, treating women so badly. But what we don't want to happen is that all of those mistakes that we made in how we do represent and treat women just to be replicated on men. Um, and in a way, the oppressed becomes the oppressor in a Boalian sense. So uh, the thing about that's linking it back to the test and, and putting those sorts of expectations on works, what I like about that test is that it does have diversity and an attempt at parity in it inherently built into those questions, mm. um, which is actually the kind of world that we should be aiming for and, you know, helping our children to build um, rather than just going, uh, you know, okay, we have been oppressed for so long, it's now our turn to be the oppressors. Yeah. Uh, we actually want to create something new, not just, just replace um uh, replace those at the top with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a good path, and it, it is about equality. And um, I think that's that's where the best and most um, important, um, the most important modelling comes from for both boys and girls um, mm. is in is in equal representations in in. Um, I think fair representations and um, and safe representations. So um, mm. yeah, I think and and it's absolutely goes both ways for boys and girls. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you did you have um, any more great examples to talk about? Because this was this was hard for me to find some some good. Um, I, books. I, and I'm probably a bit, it sounds like I might be a bit more optimistic than you, Dave. <laughs> um, or maybe aspirational. Maybe I have more aspirations for the world we're creating for our children. Um, that sounded bad. I'm not saying you're not aspirational. These, um, <laughs> what I do have is a book that I absolutely love. And I'm not so sure about its representation of dads, particularly single fathers, other than the 
what I see as the core of the book, and that's about a father's love. And it's a very, very simple book. Um, and the love between a father and a child, which is different to the love between a mother and a child. And um, uh, there, there are different ways that children connect with, with their parent um, based on gender. And that might be a controversial thing to say, but I think lived experience allows me to say that. Um, it's called Daddy Cuddle by Kate Mays and Sarah Acton. And it is a very simple book. It has very... Uh, childlike but quite beautiful illustrations and it's all about the I was, so I was speaking at the beginning about those little footsteps you hear sometimes at two three in the morning coming down mm. to the room and so here's the little bunny who wakes up and ro- toddles on down to daddy's room and tries to get daddy awake and out of bed and it just ends with a daddy cuddle mm. <laughs> I think it's nice. beautiful mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's lovely. And it's, um, it's such a, a rare representation of that, I guess. Well, the thing that is good, I mean, you know, the idea of a dad being lazy and lying in bed and not getting up when the kids are awake, Mm. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I don't actually think that is the crux of this book. I think what it's, and you know, you read things through, (laughs) through your own (laughs) lived experience. Um, is that it is actually about what it does portray is the, is the love that a father can have for their children. And in a way, permission for that love to be enacted upon the child because we also have this thing in our culture now that, and, and there's a reason that this um, stereotype exists because the, the majority of violence, uh, gendered violence is men against women. Um, the majority, majority of assaults is men against women, all that kind of stuff. But we have this kind of stereotype that all men um, are violent or pedophiles or sexual predators or these sorts of things. And, and as a single father, you sometimes pick up on that when you're at the park with your kid and the mum, like, if their kid gets too close to you, they don't realise you're there with another child, they'll come and grab them and take them away and that mm. kind of stuff. Um, which is is understandable. It's regrettable, but it's understandable. Mm. But this book, in a way, actually gives permission for fathers to be affectionate with their children and love their children in a completely healthy um, and respectful way. And, it, it, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it. It is quite a simple book, but I, there's not a lot of books that um, demonstrate that kind of um, appropriate intimacy between fathers and their children. Well, it's appropriate and it, it should be the norm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it is. Like I, I think uh, more men than we give them credit for are affectionate, mm. um, but not something that is promoted or spoken about or celebrated outside of, of, of um, the domestic. Yeah. Um, which, which diminishes it in, in some ways and... Um, it it challenges it probably as as a reality as well in in the minds of of parents and kids. Um, if you don't have if it's not if it's not out in the open if it's not something that's a given then then it's it's that thing about permission that mm. you haven't had that modelled for them if they don't see it happening around them then they're not going to have those sorts of healthy relationships with the people in their lives, with the, with the families that they interact with. Mm. Um, it's the cynical view, but I think it's an, it's not an unwarranted statement. Yeah. Um, the, the other um, books for me, are, I mean, a few of them are, are the more obvious ones, and I don't know if you've come across them, but um, – Pink is for boys. Have you encountered that? No, I haven't actually. Um, have to... uh, it's it's quite simple. I I don't enjoy it as a as a rhyme because it's quite a stretch, as I remember, with some uh, some couplets. Um, but essentially, is running through the different colours of the rainbow. Um, and sort of flipping it on its head by saying pink is for boys, um, giving, uh, giving some examples. 
blue is for girls, giving some examples of, you know, activities um, and basically ending with all the colours are for everyone. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a beautifully illustrated book. Um, like I said, I don't love the, the rhyme to it. Um, but that that's that's nitpicking as far as um, what we're going for. But it is a nice. It it, it comes at it fairly head on in terms of its message, but obviously okay. done through colours, which is a really a really accessible way for young kids to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean the other couple. There's obviously the. Um, good night stories for rebel girls, um, which, which is for older older kids more so. Millie um, did go through a really big phase um, of enjoying the stories that were, I guess, a more um, a more sort of simplified version of most of the stories. But it, it's it's great that there's a book out there. Um, that captures those narratives. My only issue with it is it shouldn't just be for girls. These are these are good stories for girls and boys. Boys, yeah. Um, and and it's really important that boys do hear those stories, just as it's great for girls to hear hear the converse. Um, yeah, and um, sort of the spin off to that, where they go into specific characters like Rosa Parks, um, who I can't remember if I've told this story before. Millie, as a um, three and a bit year old, um, could only grasp some of the concepts uh, of um, structural racism uh, so far, um, and and started to uh, suggest. Oh, she drew an aeroplane um, and drew a little circle at the back and I said oh what's what's that and she said oh that's for where the black people sit I'm like oh yeah it's but that that was the pro- that was the problem you're right that that was the bus the issue on the bus and and what did Rosa do about it we'll get there we'll get there but it, it's a it's an ongoing dialogue for a three-year-old yes that's right now she's doing very well to no. pick up on that First instance, yeah, no, it's 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 great. Um, but um, so there was those two, and um, the other one, which is an author, Davina Bell. Um, okay. It's called All the Ways to Be Smart, um, which is a really beautiful book, um, and that's just looking at a range of male and female kids. Talking about the different ways, you know, smarts, not just, um, you know, your score on a test. It's about being creative and adventurous and brave and all the rest. But it's it's girls and boys doing everything um, mm-hmm. and, you know, being scientists and being, um, you know, uh, going on rockets and, and all the rest. And it's, it's just nice to see, see that sort of... Um, spectrum represented um and she's done some other books which which are really beautiful as well so a, a plug for Davina oh, Bell yeah. um, uh, did you have any other th- others that you wanted to highlight Shane no well because we had those in common those books in common my list became incredibly short very soon <laughs> um I can mention though, because I said about the the television show that was also about um, dogs in the beginning. I went up thinking about Spot, and I've and I'm always conflicted when I have these reactions watching this show because I do love it. It's um it's uh, Bluey. Mm. Yep. Uh, it's just, I, it's hilarious. It's fun. The kids have a great relationship with their parents. Um, you know, there's an extended family that come in and out who are dealing with their own issues and it's mm. all really normal. But the looks that I get as a single parent, particularly a single father, from my child at the why does or why are all the mummies and daddies, you know, in the same house or always doing things together or, mm. <laughs> you know, it's not along gendered lines, although... 
the dad does seem to have a lot more fun. And I don't know when he goes to work. A lot of um, fun. <laughs> but actually, I enjoy a bit of escapism and entertainment. In, yeah. In my television. So I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. No. But I do. it Watching it as a single parent, there are, it, it actually has a lot of awkward moments in it. Things that happen that a child of separated parents just does not understand. And if mm. you think, and I know it's my responsibility to give them an understanding and create an appropriate, um, um, you know, world around that. But, you know, with divorce rates at 52% in Australia, it's not an uncommon situation for children to be in. Mm. Um, the, and I don't think every show should have to deal with every issue. Mm. But actually, you know, the uncle or the aunt who come along, maybe they could be in that situation, might be a, might be a step in the right direction. Sounds like you need to write a spin-off, Shane. <laughs> I'll go speak to the... They live in Brisbane, don't they? I'll go speak to the boys. They do, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's... That's a really important point. And, and you know, it's it speaks to the common thread that we've had throughout this discussion is is just that diversity of experience being being represented across all mediums and um or at least acknowledged, really. Sorry, what was that? Uh, acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um and and that that is the way to to flesh out, I think, healthy expectations for kids um, and um, and to have that healthy modelling um, that that normalises difference in, in all its forms. And, um, yeah, well, Shane, this... Oh, actually, before, before I wrap, um, one oh, yeah, last... No, rap. rap. Right, that's that's what we call it. Um, <laughs> you're in theatre. Um, okay. One one last plug, and it's it's a bit tangential, but um, Alison Lester as well, um, who who does um, a a lot of really beautiful Australian um, books, but Silver Sea by her in particular, and it. Yeah. There's nothing really gendered about it, but I think that's that's, that's a real positive. yeah. There, there's I think it's a brother and sister going on an adventure in, under the ocean. Um, it, I mean, it's just it's a beautiful book to you know aesthetically to enjoy. Um, it's a lovely it's a lovely um, sort of rhyming story for young kids, um, and you you don't think about or or paying attention to gender which which is always nice not not always but it it is nice for that to occur um shane it's been a pleasure i'm glad we could finally make it work yes thank you david it has been a pleasure uh thank you for having me on no, any time, and and we'll we'll do it again we'll we'll think up something else maybe it'll be tv Oh, definitely. You know me. I'm always willing to to wax lyrical. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, have have a good night, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, David. Bye. Shane. Hi. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, David. Great to be here. Um, long build up, but we're we're finally doing it. <laughs> Two thirty odd year old men and technology. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so Shane, tell, tell everyone about your, your parenting journey. Where are you right now? Um, yeah, look, I am a single parent. Um, I have a shared care arrangement with my ex-wife, uh, of a beautiful two and a half year old daughter named Zara. Mm -hmm. That is the situation in a nutshell. Yes. Um, and is Zara sleeping for you? Look, she is. She's never been, well, when she was very young, she wasn't a great sleeper, but there was a few, um, 
uh, a few reasons for that, which I won't go into because she's only two, but I respect her privacy. Um, but once, once those reasons were uncovered, it was like a different, um, a different world. Um, but, you know, you still get the odd, you know, two, three in the morning pitter-patter steps down the hall. Daddy, can I can I sleep in your bed? And you know what? Some you just I just do it because I'm tired, <laughs> and I don't want to have that battle again. So, um, but you know, it's that's not a bad situation to be in because once she's in the bed, whichever bed it is, she's asleep. So that's the that's the main thing. Um, I should stop asking people this because it just makes me envious of um, <laughs> of getting sleep. Um, so more relevant to this discussion does Zara enjoy a good a good bedtime book she does she does she's actually taken to reading herself books uh, at the moment oh wow now, two and a half year old, that's a very interesting thing but um they have amazing memories don't they so once they've heard the book once or twice that it's just the matching what they can remember from the story with the different pictures on the page it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting, funny thing to see sometimes. But yeah, she does love a bedtime story. Absolutely. Um, you're right about the memory, though. It's extraordinary how they can um, file it away and piece it together. And Absolutely. it's, it's particularly, uh, I mean, it's impressive, but it's problematic for Meg and I um, mm-hmm. because we, um, we weave. Um, either white lies or explicit lies into our um, telling of uh, books or reading of books, Um, mainly around what we're going to talk about, which is sort of gender representations. Um, So it can be a bit um, challenging trying to... um, To maintain the lie. (laughs) That's right. Um, so, I mean, there, there are simple ones that are fine in in terms of just swapping genders around, but, um, when, when one of us starts doing something and the other isn't aware of it, it, it's, um, it's a bit awkward. And we, we're getting to a point now with a couple of the stories that, you know, like on TV and stuff, um, where the character names don't match what, what other meet, what she hears or sees through other medium. Um, so we're potentially going to have to get to a point where we say, you know, actually James in Thomas the Tank Engine isn't called Jill and it's we yeah. just did that for the sake of it. But anyway. I noticed they added a female engine. Is it Belle or Bella? Yeah. But there's only one and not very often in the stories, which... No. Which actually someone asked me one day, Daddy, why is there only one girl train? And I oh. said, what do you say to that? <laughs> what do you say to that? It's just uh, a mildly sexist representation of um, of gender norms. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Shane, I want to talk to you in particular about, about this. And we're running through books, um, good and bad. Um, and... You you have some particular insights into into this this line of thinking. Do you want to yeah. do you want to share with everyone what what you've been doing? I don't know if I'd call them insights, potentially provocations, but at the very least, musings. Um, <laughs> the the uh, first, I think, good and bad is subjective, and we all have mm. our most uh, children's stories. So I may say some things here that shock, offend, or appall people. Who knows? <laughs> I hope so. I, I do think the one I've always found a little bit problematic, and there is a there is also a television show about dogs as well that I that I find can be a little bit uncomfortable as a single father when you're watching it, the kind of gender roles that are portrayed in that as well, which I might mention. I know we'd be talking about books, but we might get to that. And that is the the, the book that I always kind of cringe at certain stories is Spot. Spot, the lovable spot who's round and cuddly and he, what is it? Laughs a lot, I can't remember the song now. Um, mm. Particularly two editions in the collection. Um, spot loves his dad, mm-hmm. which I actually really enjoy as a book and Zara chooses that one to be read uh, often. But when Spot is, you know, being loved by his dad, 
it's outside in the park, playing with the ball, flying a kite, you know, doing all of those fun things that you don't need a lot of responsibility for. They do have ice cream, though, so that's good. And also he reads him a story, which is really oh. lovely. Um, but the thing that always comes into my mind when I'm reading that book is uh, it is great and, you know, you try and do those things with your child as often as possible and every weekend you can find us at the park playing with the ball. But what about those midweek nights where mm. running up and down the stairs, doing the washing, cooking, the ironing, you know, getting things ready for junior kindy the next day? Yeah. Um, there isn't that representation in Spot at all. And then if you the, – the converse story to that, Spot loves his mum, and I couldn't find this book, so I'm not sure where it's gone. But from memory, there is definitely a mother story where yeah. they go to the shops together or Spot sits at the table waiting patiently while mum makes dinner. So really yeah. it's, it's just a reinforcement of gender stereotypes. And now that's not the kind of thing that my ex does. She's, you know, an incredibly um, successful, um, um, you know, uh, career-driven person. Yeah. So how do these? I uh, yeah. I I just find them a little bit problematic. Um, but kids love them. So what? Yeah. Do you yeah, and there's a there's a um, spot birthday one as well, where Spot and his mum uh, are at home making a, a birthday cake um, for a for the surprise birthday um, for Dad that comes home from work and. Uh, it's just, it's 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 a very you know traditional way of looking at the world where mum's sort of at home doing doing what she needs to do, dad's at work, and um, spot I mean, sort of work, it's just all fun. That's right, and spot just drifts between those those two worlds. Um, the other thing about spot is, and my daughter has actually referred to spot frequently as a her, and I actually have no problem with that because there is nothing apart from the masculine pronoun that's sometimes used in the book, as yeah. to what spot needs to be male. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. I was, reading, I was reading a bit of research around some, I mean, there's a lot of work done around breaking down sort of gender norms in books. Um, and one of them, I think it was from The Guardian, um, was well, found that it was, I think, 73% of um, creatures or non-human characters were male. And the, mm. there's just no reason no. for that to be the case. Um, no, I've made this observation before with because I, you know, I wouldn't call myself a feminist. I wouldn't dare. I've been hounded by <laughs> too many people at academic conferences to label myself with that, myself with that. But... Um, my ex certainly is, and I think that is a really good influence on our daughter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've been at the park before and she, our daughter will call ducks she, yeah. and they are females, the ones in the pond in front of her. Yeah. Lizards running around she, um, birds in the sky she, and actually all of these animals are she. But you look around, every other parent and child, he, 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 he. Yeah. It's just so... Um, ingrained in our in our culture in our society that anything is immediately male unless it's proven otherwise mm. or unless it does you know something that is inherently gendered as female yeah it's so it's so true and so um pervasive as you say and it i mean for both girls and boys there are so many influences teaching them that it is a male dominant world mm. and it's it's not necessarily um, uh, like nefarious or subversive or intentional. It's just it's just a product of ignorance, and you know perhaps there are some structural things where there are more male authors than female, and more male fem uh, filmmakers than than female. So it it just sort of pervades through um, through those structures as well, but. Um, it, it is so staggering and, and a couple of the books that I was going to talk about, it's, it's the, just the pure absence of female characters as well. And, um, mm. Thomas Tank Engine, which we talked about earlier, um, mm -hmm. is, 
it's just it grates on me so much mostly yeah. because and like you say they've added some some female engines more recently but i've got a book from from my childhood um where literally the only female characters are the carriages that get pulled along by the male engines um yeah. and i mean what what does that say to to a young girl or boy reading that book it's it's mm. extraordinary yeah it is i think i'm i'm not sure um uh i i think there is a little bit of naivety out there about about that as well and we do we do what we know so mm. if it was modeled to us by our parents and unless we make a conscious decision to change that we just keep we we repeat the same behavior but i've been at the park before with zara and when she was very young not not much older than six months um on a um hurdy-gurdy i don't know what you call them things that spin around and um she was just on there I was is that what you call it I think that is what they're called, um, pushing it. And she was having a great time. And these two boys, they would have been four or five, come running over. One of them yells, get off, the boys are coming. And the other boy jumped on it and flung mm. it around. Only just hold herself up. She's fallen off and hurt herself. Mm. Um, I grabbed it to stop it. And the mother comes over and she's like, oh, sorry, they're just being boys. Yeah, and I, it's not okay. Like they actually hurt her. Look how little she is. Yeah, and, and she went, "Oh, you know, once boys start, you can't stop them." And it was just a perfect example of how that mentality um, is 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 uh, you know built and grown, and what kind of person does that create in the end? Yeah, the the um, it's a good segue. The other book on that sort of absence. Um, that again was from my childhood was Winnie the Pooh and it wasn't until I read it um, probably six months ago for the first time in however many years I realised just none of the characters are female not a piglet who's the obviously this small pink pig that you might think well maybe that, that fits the stereotype no piglet's, piglet's male I saw a good meme that was just pointing to all the characters in Winnie the Pooh just saying male, 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 male. And the one female character, Kanga, was mother. Kanga, the mother, yeah. And, it's and interesting. It, sorry, you because, go. Sorry. Okay. I was gonna say, I've actually got Pooh as, as one of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, Zara often refers to Pooh as she. Yeah. There's no reason why Pooh has to be male. No. The other thing about that is it does have a single parent yeah, model true. in it, true. which which potentially is a positive thing. Yeah. Um, so if actually if we don't gender, if we change the pronoun, not even to he or she, but mm. them or that, which I'm all for. I don't. These grammar Nazis are a little bit old-fashioned and language of old. Um, them, there, they. I think actually the children will decide. Mm. And that's one of the things about Pooh is it's very easy to change those words. Mm. Um, and if you make it a gender neutral word, uh, then there is no, there's not much else in that. And you probably disagree with me here in those stories that actually is, um, is gendered other than. No, these. I agree. Well, yeah. except for perhaps Eeyore being a, you know, alcoholic or something. <laughs> But well, but, he's, he's depressive, isn't he? he suffers yeah, he is. And, and when I realised Piglet wasn't a female, I thought, oh, maybe they've just done the depressive sort of sad sack to be a to be a girl. But thankfully, they hadn't. So, so points there. <laughs> um, uh, the, I mean, the other books that I sort of came across but haven't really delved into. I only briefly came across one was was the little miss books um, this is the one that i was that i wanted to this is amazing we've chosen the same oh books good i wanted to talk about because i haven't decided whether they're great or or, or not so great or so, indifferent well tell me what you think because i i've only come across it in passing um mm. and see titles like um little miss bossy and think here we go mm. What's been your experience? I have the whole, the full set 
my daughter loves these books. Yeah. Absolutely adores them. Um, and I had the same feeling, you know, Little Miss Bossy, um, Little Miss Shy, mm. uh, those kinds of things. But then I looked at it from the other point of view because I think it's very easy these days to look at something and go, oh, that's wrong, and immediately, and immediately jump to the extreme. I think we've conditioned ourselves to do that. But if you look at the misters, uh, Mr. Messy, Mr. Uppity, Mr. Fat, Mr. S- you know, Mr. Bump, who's clumsy, which is which is a trope of the contemporary male that I don't agree with, that all men are bumbling idiots. Mr. Useless. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I think actually there is there may even be parity <laughs> between the genders in these books. Mm, <laughs> negative representations. That was the provocation anyway, but you're yeah. probably gonna disagree away no, I think I think that's fair enough. Um, perhaps it doesn't warrant making the good list, but um, <laughs> no. <laughs> as an equaliser in um, um, bad stereotypes across the board, um, I, you're probably right. Um, but on that bumbling dad thing, Mr. Messy, or you know, men can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, um, Pepper Pig, um, in obviously both book and TV form. You've got the bumbling sort of lovable dad. Um, you've got you've got again similar to Spot the mum who's you know does the chores. She, you know she does work. So points there and and points for Pepper at least going outside and loving getting dirty and jumping muddle muddy puddles. But she she she's also this trope of you know a bit bossy. You know she she. she She's always wearing a dress. She kind of fits a very yeah. sort of normative view, um, and but particularly that dad being the the stereotype that he is, I think, is is problematic for boys and girls. Mm. Have you had much to do with Pepper? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Pepper Pig Festival uh, a couple of months ago. Oh really? And it was. Was certainly a day out. Um, the I yeah the the character that really concerns me in Peppa Pig is the teacher actually. Mm. But the um I yeah I hadn't really thought that deeply about Peppa Pig, which is probably not a good thing. Oh um, no, I think more more credit to you for not not dwelling on it. I, think. Uh, I guess uh, the dress thing, you know, and uh, being bossy are interesting points too because I maybe it's the way that we perceive it. So if we stop saying Peppa Pig is bossy mm. and instead say um, Peppa Pig is assertive, mm. then actually that's a positive trait that's being displayed. Or if we say, well, who knows, assertiveness is not always positive. Um, but if you, or, you know, if someone does actually want to wear whatever they want to wear, then just, as, I guess this is the point, though, as long as people are exposed to a whole spectrum. Yeah, that's right. Of, then it's okay. But when everything is just girls wear dresses, boys wear shorts, um, then, then that's the issue. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that's a really, a really good point. And I was having this conversation with Meg earlier. Um, mm. It's not that dresses are bad and you know pants are good. Um, it's, it's that expression, as you say, um, and the diversity as it's represented. Um, but the thing with Pepper is, she comes it's portrayed as an annoying quality that she can be bossy and there's no one else that shares that, that characteristic. Um, so yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one. And I think you're really right. It's, there needs to be a diversity represented where you have, you can have princesses and, um, you know, super feminine characters, and that's that that should be encouraged because that 
that does represent a really amazing characteristic of young girls and boys should see that as well and um, not be put off by it. But it's, it's one representation um, and it's, it's one characteristic and one persona. And um, I think falling into that is, is, is the trap, isn't it? That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Did you have any on the question mark list that you want to talk about? Well, we talked about the Little Miss books mm. um, and Pooh, so <laughs> you've you've trumped me on those. But I do have another option which I'd put in the um, – and now you've made me second-guess this. I put this into the potentially okay category, <laughs> um, and it is Harry McClary. Oh, because, I don't know anything about it. You're educating uh, me. Well, there's a whole Harry McClary from Donaldson's Dairy. He's got this, I say he, but I can't remember whether it actually is ever specifically stated that it's a he. I think it must have been. Uh, then there's Schnitzel von Crumb, Maloney, Bottomley Potts, Muffin McClay. Now, they're all animals with pretty ambiguous names. Yeah. So again, it's all about the pronoun. Uh, when, you, when you come across the pronoun, do you just neutralise it, mm. and then Larry can be whatever you whatever you want them to be? Mm. Um, I know that my daughter sometimes Harry McClary is a she, and sometimes a he, which I think is maybe that that generation will actually grow up with those terms as interchangeable, which I don't think is a bad thing. Mm. Um, the where it could be uh, potentially or perceived as a negative thing is where it creates too much confusion. I think what we see um, in my line of work, I deal with a lot of um, younger people, late teens to early 20s, um, and there's often a lot of anxiety in those age groups. And I think a lot of that comes down to too many options mm. from what to what to read, where to get this information, to how to look, to who to be, to what to gender to identify yourself with. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess uh, taking a bit of a um, walking down the garden path here, but I guess that's the other side of it. Uh, we, And it's connected, I think, to your point about when you change those words and then the child gets to the age where they can recognise that change. Mm. What is that conversation in a way that doesn't create confusion about why we as parents chose to neutralise those terms? Mm. Um, and what is the best way to, to answer those, those inevitable questions about that? Well, I think it's, it's being open to that conversation as well, isn't it? And, um, mm. you know, you, I think you want to you meet it head on and you say, well, for Winnie the Pooh, it... it it doesn't matter if Winnie's a boy or a girl. Um, it could be whatever you want it to be because it's a, it's part of your, um, you know, fictional world. Um, and, and these characters can be whatever you want and it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you, 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 you have to have that conversation. It's good to have that conversation. Um, and mm, Zara is obviously prompting you to, to keep having those conversations, which is great. Yeah, the curious incident of the two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's Harry McClary anyway. I think I don't think it's that bad. And they're animals and they're out having fun. Yeah. And, you know, playing around, causing mischief. And I think all children can do that. Yeah. Whether you're a girl or a boy or whatever. Yeah, whatever, for sure. Um. Um, so on, on my, uh, I think, tick list, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to start with one that I wasn't sure about to begin with, but I've, I've come down firmly on in favour. Oh. Um, oh. Maisie? Have, have, oh, yes, the mouse. Maisie the mouse, which initially mm-hmm. I was like... Mm, She's a mouse. She's she's fairly quiet. She's fairly passive. But um, I was heartened because uh, you know I was second guessing myself. I I just googled is Maisie sexist, which you know is mm. surely will give me the answer. Um, and it came out with no. And there was a, a 
a great um, blogger who I'll I'll share the link um, in the in the page notes, but um, she's she's come up with the Maisie test for sexism in kids shows, which I think is applicable for books as well. Yeah, and named as such because Maisie Maisie got um, sort of gold stars across these four four areas. So I'll just I'll share them with you and see what you think. Uh, it, it's basically an extension of the of the Bechdale test, which um, you can probably explain better than I can. But um, a, a measure of um, female representation in films, which mm. is uh, at least uh, what is it? There's two named female characters, and they have a conversation independent of. Men in in, yeah. in both, not men. yeah, which yeah. which is is a low bar that's really hard to clear for most films. Yes. Um, yes. So this Maisie test, um, gender balance: are there lots of male and female characters? Are they equal? Gender okay. freedom: do bo- boys and girls get to do the same thing? Um, do they all get to have adventures? Gender safety. Are body shapes healthy and realistic? Is everyone safe? Are boys and girls treated respectfully? And then social justice and equality. Can every kid see someone like them? Is the show free from materialism and violence? Which is probably a bit peripheral to to this specific conversation, but... um... I don't know about that because gender violence is probably the most endemic kind of Mm, violence that we have. True, true. Good point. And it starts somewhere. True. Um, and Maisie is a really simple book, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a diverse group of animal friends in terms of um, at least representations of male and female. They mm-hmm. all play the same games. They all do yeah. the same activities. Eddie the elephant um, dresses up as a ballerina. Um, you know, Maisie, not that we'd get stuck on it, but Maisie wears pants. She's not, she's not this thin mouse in, in a dress. Um, mm-hmm. And again, not that that's a bad thing, but good to have diversity. Um, mm-hmm. h- how do you feel about that, Shane? Mm-hmm. 